HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by Whole Foods Market, a dynamic leader in the quality food business, a mission-driven company that aims to set the standards of excellence for food retailers. For more information, visit WholeFoodsMarket.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. Good morning. You're listening to In the Drink on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. I'm your host, Joe Campanelli, and we have a great show for you today. I'm excited. I have uh, one of my uh, good friends in the wine industry here in New York and uh, someone I very much look up to. Um, But before we get started, before I tell you who we have on the show, I just have a few programming notes. We do have uh, something really exciting that we're participating in here at Roberta's Restaurant. Uh, It is the Hawaiian Barbecue, which is sponsored by Heritage Radio Network. It's going to be on Sunday, August 11th. And with a VIP happy hour from 4 to 5, main event 5 to 9 p.m. It's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be some great food from Delaney Barbecue, Untitled, Maysville, which I just had a great dinner at, the Court Street Grocer, Roberta, Roberta's is going to be roasting up a whole pig, and then some really great drinks from Sombra Mezcal, from our wine bar in Fora, and a lot more. Come check it out. Uh, get your tickets at hawaiianbarbecue.eventbrite.com. It's going to be a lot of fun. I hope to see you there. Um, and now, uh, extremely excited. Someone I, I very much look up to in the industry, but also uh, someone who uh, I consider to be a, a, a good friend. Uh, we have the beverage director for the Alta Morea Group. Um, we have Risto, Risto Zizofsky. Um Welcome, Risto. It's really good to have you here, man. Good morning. Good to have. Uh, good to be here. Uh, thanks, thanks a lot for, for coming uh, so early in the morning. I really appreciate it. Um, Risto, so Risto runs some of uh, the great the beverage programs for some of the just like the greatest restaurants here in the city. The restaurants that you're constantly seeing in in the news, restaurants that that people who are in the industry love, foodies love to go to. People who are just 
out looking for a, for a good meal, really like as well, um, and doing some really cool things with with the wine programs, like at Ostermeyer Morini, where you have a, an all uh, or or mostly Emilia Romagna Italy centric list. I think that is that is super cool. Um, Mariso, tell us all about uh, how you got to where you are today in in the industry, overseeing one of the more interesting more dynamic groups, um, a bunch of restaurants, and soon to open as well. So tell us a little bit about how you got started. Um, well, thanks for having me on the show. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I'm still on my journey. Um, I'm now a beverage director. Before I was a sommelier. Before that, I was a dishwasher. So, uh, no, I started when I was young for my dad growing up. I was, uh, my dad had restaurants, like diners, and I was really fortunate to be by his side a lot. And, um, yeah, by the age of 14, I started cooking with him and knew by 16 I wanted to go to culinary school and um, went to CIA right after high school. Um, decided by the time I was done with CIA, I didn't want to work in the kitchen anymore, but with everything they gave me, um, service class, wine class, um, I decided to go in the front of the house and um, use my common sense that my father gave me and all the experience I had from seeing things and um, to where I am now. I uh, just decided to get into wine when I was like a waiter here in New York. And Now, did your father um, push you to get into the family business or did he warn you against it? What, what, was, his, what was his thought on, uh, on your, your career? He just said, whatever you do, be the best at it. So he didn't, um, he didn't discourage me. Um, he knew that I had... Um, that vision. So he said, well, whatever we can do to put you in the best places possible, um, you know, it was not a, not a question. Uh, yeah. So I went to CIA. I, you know, moved to New York when I was 20 years old and I've just been supported and I've uh, been very fortunate to, um, to, to, you know, be where I am right now. Now, what was it about that, those early years that made you interested in the industry? What, what, what got you excited? Um, I just had a very strong work ethic since I was young. Um, my dad worked, you know, I was a diner, so it was breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and I'd never get to see him. So wanting to be with him, I just, you know, decided what can I do to help? And it started from bussing tables to peeling potatoes to washing dishes to being like, you know, I want to cook. So, uh. I'm going to teach everybody, if you want to know, how to flip eggs. So the first thing he did was teach me how to flip eggs, um, which basically put me on the corner of the grill, um, turned a pan on uh, with some grease, with some uh, butter in it, and uh, put a dry piece of a butt end of toast. And he said, here, just use your wrist and keep flipping this. And once you get the clockwork motion going, uh, he's like, okay, let me put some eggs in there now. And a day later, I was flipping eggs. And, uh, you know, little by little, I was doing each station. And... That's that's pretty much it. I just really enjoyed learning, and um, just wanted to know more and more and more. And uh, yeah, that's and you it. had a dream that you would then be a chef. Was that the idea? Um, I wanted to. I just service in general. Mm -hmm. um, I love cooking. I wanted to explore more. Um, of course, um, I'm from Western New York, so um, I decided I'm like, well, I want to live in you know New York and San Francisco and Houston and Chicago, and I wanted to go everywhere. To just to see as much as possible because I've always I was I didn't travel a lot as a kid because we worked, my dad worked so much, um, but moving to New York I was like, okay I can travel now but I don't I don't want to leave New York. Yeah, 
Now, what are your thoughts on, uh, would you suggest the CIA for someone who is young, who thinks they want to get into the food industry? I know Catherine uh, Thompson, who's the, the pastry chef, she's my, my business partner. She, uh, she tells a story, which I really love. She was 15 or 16 years old and, and read Alfred Portale's first cookbook. And he wrote in it about how he went to the CIA and was first in in his class and Catherine had this idea. She's like, Oh man, I love this. I want to go to CIA and be first in my class. And then she did it and she will sing the CIA's praises over and over again. And I've heard some people who are, who think that maybe culinary school, there's, there are better ways to spend your time. Um, depends where you are in your career. I was right out of high school and I just wanted to go in the deep end. I wanted to be in the deep end my whole life. So, um, so I think for two years of your life, um, with that type of experience, um, you know, on top of everything you do, um, curriculum wise, it's everyone you meet and, you know, I'm, I'm looking around in New York now and I'm like, oh my God, I remember going to school with him and being, him being in my class. And like right now working with somebody who we were in the same class the whole time, it's like, it's the, it's the coolest thing. So I praise any sort of education, um, as long as you know what you're going to get out of it. Um, my advice is, though, do it and then go to the next step of your life. Don't think that you're entitled or, you know, I, I just say, like, go to the next thing because you've got, you got to get to the next butt kicking in a way. You know what I'm saying? you just got to keep going and don't, nothing's, you know, no, nothing's going to be handed to you. So it's a step that will hopefully um, keep you hungry for more. And then when you finished, you moved right to New York City. I went to England for six months. I got a mm-hmm. work visa as a student. Um, it was pretty grueling. Um, it's like I was stuck there. Um, but it was a great experience. And then, yeah, I moved to New York. And what, what were your first jobs here in New York? Um, I became a front waiter at a three-star restaurant at the time called March. And there was no sommeliers there. So the, to, to work your way up to be a captain, you need to know the wine program. So that's how I got into wine. And I was like, okay, what are all these bottles? They're, they're, you know, what I'm tasting was amazing, but I'm like, what's, you know, what justifies this $3,000 bottle over this $30 bottle of wine and stuff like that? So it got me interested, and I understood that if I need to keep growing in the service industry, um, especially the front of the house, I need to learn wine. And, um, yeah, I put myself through ASA and Guild of Psalms and working on my MS, and it just punishment punishment <laughs> you it sounds like you're totally a masochistic like glutton for punishment and you just want to constantly be working and t- yeah. um that the ms we we had on the uh the we had on dustin and the uh producers for the the psalm movie recently yeah and uh i think that even for people who know people who've done it it was really an eye-opening film to see Wow, that is that is just so much work. Yeah, I don't want to see it yet because I've been living that also for like seven years now. <laughs> so I, I appreciate it and I completely understand the storyline and it's amazing. It's listen, the network, our 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 community is just getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Like we meaning we know each uh, more and more people, and um, it's all good. You know, it's all it's all great. It's, it's, I, I think it's, I, I mean, I'm very fortunate to, in my opinion, have one of the best jobs in the food, in the, in the whole service industry. So it's, it's, it's all good. Uh, yeah, I think that your job is uh, pretty, pretty similar to what I do, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pretty awesome. So what was that transition like from, so you, went, you were a front waiter at March, 
learned wine. You're at John George after yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, one of the great wine programs in the city. Um, three star Michelin. Yeah. Right. So what? And then you eventually you started. You were the chef sommelier there. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. So how does that how does that work? So I yeah when I started with John George. Um, I finished some education, and again, I got my education through the ASA, and I'm like, okay, um, I met all these tutors, like all these uh, instructors. I mean, that's the way it's, and one of them was the beverage director at JG at the time, and I really wanted to work there because I loved that place. Just, I thought it was one of the most beautiful restaurants. Um, chef's reputation was great, and it was just amazing, and I'm like, I, I want to, I, I used to tell my friends, I, I want to work there one day. When I'm good enough, I want to work there one day, and um that's the other thing. I just, you know, I want to get good enough. I want to get good enough. I want to get good enough. Um, and then I, I, I talked to him, and he's like, yeah, I can, we have plenty of opportunities in our company. So I went from being all this management and assisting the beverage director at March and doing inventory and all that stuff to, like, being offered a captain position at John George to hopefully uh, work my way into being a sommelier. Um, be it as it may, um, three months later, they gave me the sommelier position. So I was in the deep end again. Um, but I had great mentors, and um, about two years later, I got promoted to chef sommelier there, which is basically the head sommelier um, who was responsible for that restaurant. Okay, and will that head sommelier be also involved in purchasing decisions? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, um, it was it was a, it was a, it was amazing. Um, I was there seven years, so it took I took my time leaving. It was one of the, I mean, it was an unreplaceable experience. Um, yeah, no, working with the beverage directors, it was, it was Chuck in the beginning, Chuck Semillon, and then Bernie Sun. Um, they just knew kind of like, you know, okay, you want this much more? Okay, here you go. And they would show me, and, you know, you learn from making your own mistakes, but when you're around somebody, they're there to, like, also show you and teach you. And that's, I mean, that's the way to do it. Like, there's no book, there's no manual about it. Like, you just got to have experience. And yeah, no, slowly and slowly, I got more and more um, responsibility, and you know, I was basically doing a lot of work at the end, which I asked for. It's like it was, it was great. Yeah, so, what are some of the mentoring techniques that you've learned from them that now that you're in a position to be a mentor to a lot of people um, that you're utilizing? Um, it's just trusting people. You really got to trust them. Um, if you have no um, fear of like if you don't I, I just don't have any like I'm not I don't hold anything back like I'll share everything I have I don't f- have any fear of losing my position or anything like that I think there's you know the more talented people you have around you the better the whole team works um, and um, so yeah I, I mean I was introduced to um, to so many people I was exposed to so many wines I um you know, I was in, starting to get invited to things, and you know, as long as you are um, not greedy, I think it's just I never really was like, oh, I, I need all this. Like, I was never really selfish. Um, so I was just really fortunate, I think, and that's what I try to teach my guys now. And I however see seven programs, and trust me, I can't do all the work myself. I, I need to um, collaborate with people and meet with them and some people need more some people need less and um i'm really you know i I just try to keep an even keel and just 
try to keep them motivated as well as doing just a good job and being happy to be working. And what were some of the challenges and some of the, the great rewards from going to buying for one restaurant, albeit a truly iconic restaurant, to uh, it wasn't seven when you first started, no. but to multiple locations. Yeah, no, no, no. I worked my way. Um, I went from yeah. Um, well, I went from being able to get whatever I wanted <laughs> to uh, starting a brand new restaurant. So it was my first restaurant opening. I opened I Fiori, and um, it was my first list I wrote from scratch. So again, another new learning experience. Um, more pressure on myself. More, you know, trying to put out a, a pretty balanced list. Um, trying to be fair. Um, you know, learning new things. Um, and the thing is, I, I, I really wanted to give myself a good, um, um, you know, just give myself a good challenge. And so I left the French wine world to start learning Italian wine, which I'm still on the iceberg <laughs> of. I mean, you're, it's always great hanging out with you because I'm always learning something new with you. So anytime I have a chance to hang out with like people like you and, you know, like uh, Jeff Porter and, you know, um, all my Italian wine friends. It's, it's, it's like, okay, let me listen. I mean, just, it feels like I'm a, I'm like a, like a junior Psalm again, you know? Oh, I mean, yet another one of your great attributes. You're, you're smart, you're a gentleman and super, super humble. I think you're, I think you're selling yourself short with when it comes to your, uh, you, you put together just awesome lists. I, I'll look at your list and if there, there'll be Italian wines on there that I don't know. I'm like, Oh, I better know what that, I better know what that is. Um, all right. We're going to take just a quick break. Uh, when we come back, I'm going to, I'm going to be asking you about a little bit about some of the technology that you use because you're always at the forefront of using the, the, the best new technology and, uh, kind of making the small age job easier and better by uh by embracing that stuff so uh let's take a quick break and we'll, we'll be right back today's program has been brought to you by whole foods market are you a locavore our northeast regional forager for whole foods market sure is she spends her time traveling around the New York City metro area sourcing the best new or interesting artisanal and handcrafted local products for our purchasing teams at the local store level. Part of our commitment to our local suppliers includes assisting them with the process of getting their products sold at our stores. Whether it's suggesting packaging designs, pricing, or distribution methods, she's helping some of the area's best new products reach savvy shoppers at Whole Foods Market stores. Today, New York. Tomorrow, the world. For more information, visit WholeFoodsMarket.com. Back on In the Drink on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. I'm here with Risto Zazowski from the Alta Marea Group, the beverage director of the Alta Marea Group, and wanted to talk a little bit about some of the technology that we have today as uh, beverage directors and sommeliers. Um, one technology in particular that um, that we've been using that I really like at, at our restaurants called... Uh, Called Binwise, formerly known as Real Wineless, um, I actually found found out about um, 
uh, because of Risto. And Risto, tell us a little bit about how you found out about Binwise, what it's all about, and then some of let's talk about some of the other technologies that uh, that you utilize in in the restaurant. Yeah, I like toys. I'm a boy. I like toys. Whenever something's new, I try to check it out. And um, yeah, so Binwise, um, I found Binwise thanks to um, the guys at Thomas Keller. So per se had it and um, good friends with uh, Michelle Craveau. And he was kind enough to, to spend some time with me to show me. Um, coming from JG, a bit of a corporate environment, there was definitely organiz- a great organization and um, systems in place. And I'm a definitely a systems driven person. Um, on top of being passionate and uh, wanting to try all this new wine and whatnot, I think you need to be a balanced person. Uh, you need to have uh, balance in a program to be able to do it all. So uh, Binwise is a uh, cloud software that um, has your wine list on it, uh, receives, uh, does your inventory, uh, receives all your invoices. Um, so it's basically has everything you need. Holds all your vendors, helps you, uh, lets you place orders. So it keeps track of all your history you've ever done in your restaurant. Uh, links your sales. So um, it's um, a cloud-based system that um, lets me um, have everything on the touch of my finger um, via my laptop, computer, iPad, and um, helps me grow and. To the to the to the to the empire we're starting to grow here. Yeah, and I think that it's such an important thing because so many people in the restaurant industry got into the restaurant industry because they weren't traditionally trained. I mean, I went to uh, a liberal arts school where we didn't learn how to use Excel. Uh, I went to NYU <laughs> and I got my master's at NYU. And I, when I left, I still didn't know how to like use an Excel document. Um, and so when we were putting to, was putting together the wine program at Delanima and you have to use that, you yeah. have to, you know, create your inventory sheets um, and I, and I think I'm not alone. I think a lot of no. people, you know, start as, as servers and fall in love with it and, and work their way up to management. Uh, it, it, it becomes super, super challenging. Um, you have so many different documents open and, and that's a great thing that, that kind of centralizes it. Yeah. And I mean, <clears throat> I, you know, one of my questions when I interview people as sommeliers, uh, is, you know, are you, you know, are you a math person or are you English person? Are you, are you, you know, what do you, what part of the business do you like doing or what have you been, what, what do you want to work on? So, you know, when I put my teams together, I try to, you know, okay, he's good at this and she's good at this and he's good at this. And, and I try to be like, then I, you know, cause it, you might just be good at being a seller at. And then eventually get a night on the floor, and then two nights on the floor, and then three nights on the floor. So it's all about leading, uh, trying to get people to succeed. So yeah, you you don't need to know everything. It's just like if we knew everything, then you know, I, I, you know, it's like we wouldn't have the jobs we have, right? But um, it's it's a great tool that um, I think is um, it makes things easier instead of having like your thirty documents open all over the place. You pretty much yeah. have just. So what are some other new technologies that, that you're really embracing? Um, well, I mean, anything service-oriented to give the guests a uh, better experience or more options is, um, is um, the name of the game. So I'm playing with this new toy called the Coravan, which is about to come out, I think, this summer. I think it's coming out in a couple of weeks. And I was one of the fortunate sommeliers here in the city to use it. Um, I opened um, Costada about two and a half months ago, and I opened with using this um, device. It's basically a, a needle that goes through the cork. It doesn't open the bottle, and it uh, lets wine flow out while argon gas goes in. 
And I have a bottle here to taste with you. Because I saw you. I, you know, we, people have brought bottles on uh, on the radio before to open up and taste. And uh, I was excited to see Borgo del Tilio, a great, great wine. But then I noticed that the bottle was half empty and that the foil and cork were still Yeah, I just popped the, the cork right now. Oh, that's why you might have heard that noise in the background. Sorry for this sensitive microphone. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's really cool because... It um you know it's it lets you open whatever you want by the glass and not um you know I mean, again it's not going to be it's hard to you know people know their their names they know their you know their Sasakayas and they know their Latours and they know all that stuff I mean and you can pour this by the glass if you like to um not that it's easy to sell I mean it's but it's it's an option in case of you know you don't want to spend so much on a bottle you can spend it like one fifth or one quarter the glass and get the experience so yeah i have this uh chardonnays from uh, um yeah borgo uh borgo and um it's a 2009 i um before i tell you how long it's been open i just want you to taste it i mean it's chardonnay and it's the only bottle i had left in my cellar i was just i'm just experimenting with it and i told you about this like a couple i'm not gonna give it away i gave it told you about it a little while ago but the whole point is is it oxidized or it's it's still pretty fresh right not only is it not oxidized but it still has all of its acidity, which 09 warm vintage in Friuli Chardonnay grape that's prone to losing its acidity if it gets a little bit too ripe. Yeah. Um, so it's it's wild to me. I mean, I, their style tends to be like more rich and with rich with the structure. Yeah. Uh, and this this is kind of exactly what I'd be expecting if I were to pop open a bottle of 09 today. Yeah. So the cool thing with this device is, I mean. I'm pouring fun things um, like Palabeo and um, Dunn, like Dunn 99, Howl Mountain, and Ravino, and it's in Soldera. You're pouring Soldera by the glass. Yeah. <laughs> and um, even if we go through like one glass every couple days, it doesn't change. So this tastes like it just was open? I mean, this is what I expect this bottle to taste like if right. you were to pop open a new a fresh bottle. I just yeah. I checked on Instagram because I remember the day I pierced this because I went out drinking with some friends so I had to look at the picture of like when I took a picture of this bottle of beer. So this was pierced 33 weeks ago. No way. Yeah, seven and a half months ago. That is wild. Yeah. So it as long as, you know, on top of my systems with Binwise and my cellar and being organized, if you, if you want to be organized, you can have a pretty sick by the glass program that you don't, as long as you manage and don't waste. And, you know, the, again, there's, 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 I cannot, there's, I cannot get over this. It's yeah. amazing. So it's yeah, seven, and a half, seven and a half months, um, halfway empty in a bottle mm. with just argon in the bottle. And, uh, yeah, no, I, yeah, and I, halfway empty in a burgundy bottle. So you mm. have like the most amount of possible surface area. Yeah. And it's like I didn't know what to expect. I, I, this is my first time too. I never. I, I mean, I tasted some old stuff with them when they were selling it to yeah. me. I'm not trying to sell this thing. I'm just. I'm just really excited about it. And um, you know, to pour stuff like you know, uh, Medio Pepe and and you know those things that you know you're like, okay, cool. You know, like fair game. You know, like okay, I'll spend thirty five dollars on a glass of, you know, on like some you know vintage tonino or something like that that's like great when was this bottle opened it was never opened it's you know you're getting a fresh product and um it's such a game changer yeah i imagine it's gonna be great for for home collectors as well yeah that's the thing um that's what they're really um aiming for and yeah so you know you don't have to if my when my wife doesn't want to drink a glass of wine i can just pour myself like a glass at a time and get back to it whenever i want and 
It's like it's like the prolage of um, if everyone's seen prolage, it's that's the opposite for bubbles. It's um, it's um, it's the prolage of, of still wine. And there's good reason why your wife might not want to have a glass of wine yeah, these days, right? Yeah, yeah, we're having a baby. All right, congratulations. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, a lot going on, but we're all good stuff. All, all, all fantastic stuff. Is that affecting her cheese consumption as well? No, actually, she she wants cheese more now. Actually, okay. uh, no, she's. I mean, she's being she's being careful. Uh, you know, the raw milk cheese, and as long as she knows the sources, um, she's pretty open. She's, you know, she's not scared, but she's super educated and she's careful. And um, no, no, she's doing great. Thank Excellent. you. Thanks for asking. Absolutely. And yeah, uh, last time we spoke, you you said you were looking to buying a house in Kew Gardens, Queens. Yeah, I hope to sign on Monday. Wow, it's, that yeah. is the town over from where I grew up. Yeah, I grew up in Forest Hills. Yeah, we're gonna have some ice cream and pizza soon. You know, dude, I'm taking you on a Forest Hills food tour. If that you know that awesome. happens, when yeah. that happens. Yeah, but the thing is. Uh, Apudo just opened in my neighborhood in the in, in Hell's Kitchen, so my wife's like, oh. <laughs> this is like just added a hundred percent value to where we just left. And we're about to leave, so. Uh, but no, it's uh, it's really exciting. Um, I've been living. I mean, this is a thing. This is a sacrifice you do in New York. You know, I lived in four hundred square feet for thirteen years. So you know, with you know, the last three years with my wife and a dog. So um, it's if you put your head down in the city and you just you know. Y- like it's like thank you for you know staying humble and unpretentious and just be hanging around cool people like you know you and all these other guys like you know put yourself in it's it's just the it's great it's an amazing city yeah i i, I completely agree oh i'm super excited for you guys you're gonna you're gonna i feel like the two of you can make queens cool <laughs> yeah well there's you don't know, see uh, Queens hasn't gotten the love that uh, that I think it deserves. Um, my wife says if we move back to Rochester, she'd make Rochester cool too. So <laughs> my wife can do any. I'm not I'm not taking any credit. My wife is like the one who's like the adventure. She's like she has her own navigation. It's I'm really I'm really excited uh, like about a lot of things right now. That's I, I'm super happy for you. Uh, before we go, I want to do just a quick kind of lightning round as to what you would pair with a few different okay. uh maybe a few different dishes from some of the various restaurants mm-hmm. um let's go with uh a real like good hearty bolognese from marini what's your favorite pairing with that um i mean i just love san Giovese with bolognese so um some aged Sangiovese, nothing crazy, like some some stuff from Emilia Romagna or some Brunello that has some like beefiness to it. So yeah, some kind of Sangiovese. I, really, I, lo- I think Sangiovese is one of the best food pairing. Yeah, you have the acidity and uh, and the tannin and savory character. It's just like such a killer. Yeah, that's my go-to. Mm-hmm. Also, how about we just you, you paired for us and an awesome. Uh, uh, I wasn't expecting to like this. It was oh yeah. I blinded you on that. You blinded me on like a Napa Merlot, a duck horn. That was Jordan. It was Jordan. Jordan Merlot from the 80s. Yeah. And it was delicious at Costata. Yeah. That was so cool. It's it's one of those kind of like I found them and it's it's not expensive and it's just fun wine to just blind people with. And 
you know, it's actually harder to have that wine on the list and people order and you got to explain what it is. I'd rather just pop them open for like friends and like, or people who are adventurous to be like, I want something different. And you know, you just get your budget and if, you know, it's like, right. you it's want, not, it's not Merlot the way that people think. Merlot you just is. want people it's, it's cab. Um, it's, I don't, I don't want to say anything. I don't think they make Merlot. I just want to, okay. It's yes. Just, it's uh, cab. Um, but, um, I mean, you just want, the thing is just like, even not blinding people, it's like you want to find out what they they like or what they're looking for, or else you want to know what they're getting into, you know. So yeah, that was fun. So what would you do with a big hunkin' steak? Oh, that's like whatever you want to drink right now. <laughs> I mean, Sagrantino is what we're really getting into at Costada mm-hmm. right now. Um, we're just tasting as much as we can. Not much comes out of there, um, you know. Um, Christy Canterbury just taught a class on it, so I went to that, and it's really cool. Like only four percent of what comes out of Umbria is Sagrantino. And it's like the noble grape. It's pretty cool, yeah. Um, I mean, um, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Any, any stick, like, stick with Sagrantino right now because if you can't uh, drink it on its own, you need some steak with it. Yeah. Yeah, that is definitely like the quintessential Italian. Yeah. Kind of food wine. Exactly. And then how about some like delicate, elegant crudo situation at Ifiori? You have something with great fresh olive oil and sea salt. Yeah, I mean, like Vermentino or Picato. Um, that's, I mean, Liguria has been the eye-opening excitement for me from uh, Italy, starting with, that was like the first, I mean, I love Barolo and I love, you know, I love Tuscany and I love Piedmont and, um, you know, we all know about Amarone and all that, but like the delicate nuances of like great Italian whites, um, it's like the way I explain it is like you have to, you have to put your like your amplifier up to like eleven because the wines are you know it takes time to understand them, but yeah like I just never tasted like salt water like that before and I know uh, I don't want to give any you know I love you know Albarino and you know Vino Verde and, and that kind of stuff too, but um, I think that's like the next hot place in my yeah. opinion so you'll admit there are great italian yeah whites. yeah no yes. I, I love white i love white wine so it was a little difficult in the beginning learning italian whites i'm like okay okay but um now it's like i can't drink viognier and i can't drink really oaked um chardonnays and all that it's just like whoa hold on it's like, it's like you put your earphones on it just blasts it's too loud already a little too loud but um it's again it's that's what you know plus it's summertime you know just a pinot grigio is not bad once in a while Especially right. in the heat we've had. Yeah, on, on one of these heat wave days, I'd rather have a nice cold Pinot Grigio than the greatest Bordeaux. Uh, yeah. Any day. Yeah. And what can you tell us? Is there anything you can tell us about the plans for the future? Um, yeah, I mean, I really, I'm really fortunate to be working uh, for the people I'm working for right now. Um, we're just, um, we have a vision. Um, we spent the last year and a half creating our, our group, our, um, our fundamental group of... Um, um, and um, I'm really fortunate to be part of that. Um, yeah, we're just we're just opening a few restaurants and trying some new markets. Um, and Michael just has all these ideas, so we just want to be able to put it out there for him. You know? Okay. What's coming up next? Um, right now, um, just opening up a few. I mean, anytime you guys open up a, a restaurant, it's a it's a pretty big deal. <laughs> I, I'm uh, I'm working on learning the DC market right now, which is really cool. Um, it'll be my first experience outside of really outside of the New York, New Jersey area. Um, it's also going to be great for me to like find a beverage director down there and work with somebody that far away. So again, another, another 
um, cool thing on that. Um, and um, we're going to open up on the Upper East Side, hopefully by the end of the year, um, another restaurant. Um, yeah, I just... Very cool. There's a lot of things going on. Upper East Side is... Uh, I think they're ripe for yeah, the next developing restaurant. Yeah, we're we're excited to go up there and um you know and you know, we're promoting um Richard from Maria up there, so it's just like just keeping the family. I mean it's just it's great. I just having so many talented people, um and giving them opportunities to to keep growing the way I was given opportunities to keep growing is just the the way you gotta do it, you know? Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, well, when you're down in D.C., make sure you check out Little Cerro Restaurant if you haven't been there already. Little Cerro, okay. One of the best meals I've had all year. It's a, a Thai restaurant. It's absolutely delicious. Cool. Um, and thank you, Risto, so much. I uh, really appreciate it. Uh, you'll definitely see me at, at the restaurants again soon. I think we, we're, we're all um, big fans, and uh, I think we all have very high standards in our, in our group because I, I think Gabe's pastas are, are pretty spectacular. And there, there are very few others that I think can that are that are quite as good. And without a doubt, uh, what you guys are doing in terms of, of the food uh, is pretty amazing. And I totally look up to your to your wine programs. And thank you also so much for you know over the years you've been just a super helpful. We're still on this journey, man. Yeah, we're not, we're not going anywhere. And you know, you've done it a few years before me, so I've always appreciated how much you uh, you've been able to to lend advice and and just be helpful and, and nurturing in, in this industry. Just just a great guide, and so nice to see someone so so humble uh, doing such exciting things. So so Risto, thank you so much. No, thank you. Thanks for having and me. And thanks so much for listening. This has been in the drink on heritageradionetwork.org. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.